It's the Sean Pittman Show, where we talk about politics, sports, entertainment, and business. Here is your host, Sean Pittman. Good morning, good morning, and it's March, and it's Wonder Woman. Hey, number three, Cheryl McKissick. Stay with us. She'll be here right after this. You're listening to the Sean Pittman Show. Good morning, good morning. Welcome back. Welcome back. What a what a great Sunday, y'all. This, this Wonder Woman Month thing has been just incredible, and I've been waiting on this one because we got... You know what? We got speed. We got teased with uh, this young lady not long ago because she came to Tallahassee. The Big Ben Minority Chamber was uh, uh, had enough insight to to bring this incredible, incredible Wonder Woman to Tallahassee. But we didn't get to have her on the show. And um, but she promised that she would. And we've been saving her, y'all, saving her to Wonder Woman Month because she is a Wonder Woman. Now, she don't live on Paradise Island, but she lives on another island. I think it's Manhattan. Cheryl McKissick, are you there? I'm here, Sean. So nice to be here this morning. Cheryl, thank you. Now, I think you live in Manhattan. I don't know. I, where, do, where do you live in New York? Don't tell us your address, though. <laughs> I'm in Manhattan during the week. We go home to our country home over the weekend. So I am in Manhattan this morning, and it's a beautiful morning here. Now, is that country home on Paradise Island where they made Wonder Woman? No. Okay. <laughs> y'all, I got to tell y'all, uh, it's it's Women's History Month. Uh, that's March every single year. And uh, I'm so happy to have Cheryl McKissick on this show today. Uh, as wonder, I want one of our Wonder Women. And Cheryl is president of one of the oldest minority-owned construction firms in the nation, dating back over 100 years, y'all. And, and, and for our listeners who don't know uh, Cheryl, I've heard a little bit of the story. How did you originally get into the construction business? Well, as you know, we have a five generations uh, in our family who are either architects or builders or engineers. So for me and my twin sister and my oldest sister, we had no choice. Uh, growing up at home um, as little girls, we did not get dolls. Maybe we got them every once in a while, but we had train sets, Leroy lettering sets, T-squares, uh, pencils. So we were trained very early. Wow. Um, yeah. To be in the architecture, engineering, and construction field. Well, that's amazing. And you know what? You, you, you got a special family. I mean, not many, um, particularly African-Americans, have that kind of, um, you know, that kind of past that history in business i mean we had a lot of business people um, because we obviously we had to take Um, care of our own folks um in that you know our family was able to pass this business down and it dates back to our great great grandfather who was the first that's two great (laughs) yeah descendant of our family we'll just go in three three two one go ahead so fortunately, our family was able to pass this business down for five generations, starting with my great-great-grandfather, who incorporated, well, who was a slave. Is there an echo? You Are you hearing, you're hearing an echo? I'm hearing an echo. Okay, that could be the line again. So, let, um, can, do you hear it now? Let's see. No, I'm good. Okay, okay, let's go then. All right. Starting from uh, so our family. Enough, 
so fortunate enough, our family was able to pass our business down five generations. And it all started with our great, great grandfather. Yes, that's two greats. Wow. Uh, who was the first descendant of our family. Um, and he came to America in 1790 as a slave to a contractor named William McKissick. Now, was he? Thus, did he come to the South, Cheryl? Where, where, where did he come into to America? He came into South Carolina. Okay, okay. Um, and then they migrated to uh, Spring Hill, Tennessee, um, which is where uh, you will find the beginnings of the McKissick family. Um, Moses McKissick I was his uh, given slave name by his master, William McKissick. And he was taught the trade of making bricks. Uh, we believe that he may have received his freedom at some point in his life because he gave 365,000 bricks to the Cheers family, which built their mansion in Spring Hill, Tennessee, and it's still standing. Now, these are bricks um, that he made, right? These are bricks he made. He made, and he, and he did he sell them to him or did they take them from him? He gifted them. He gifted it to them. Okay, now we're still talking about your great great grandfather. We are talking about Moses McKissick the first. Um, so we're talking about the early 1800s. Okay, that that your family's um, in business, and that is stretched to your father, and then to you and your twin well, sister, right? Or am I missing something in the middle? You're missing a couple of things in the middle. So that was my great-great-grandfather. So my great-grandfather was Moses McKissick II, and he was a master carpenter known for spiral staircases and gingerbread finishes that he completed on homes in the South. Okay, okay. Now that's the great-grandfather. That's the great I'm loving this. Okay, I'm loving this. <laughs> <laughs> He was known for building the Maxwell House Hotel um, in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, where five presidents stayed. Wow. So that's how we got to uh, Nashville. Wow. Uh, five presidents. Moses, yes. So Moses McKissick II had first seven girls, but he really wanted boys. <laughs> So he had a boy on the eighth try, and that was my grandfather. Um, and because he had names for all his boys, but he had all girls, my grandfather has seven names, and that's um, Moses, William, Henry, was it Edward Lewis, McKissick. Oh, man. Uh, so <laughs> so did y'all just call, well, you called him granddaddy, but, but great granddaddy, but what did they call him? Did they call him Moses? Was he just Moses? We called him Moses the Third, <laughs> um, and his brother. I'm gonna um, call him Trey. I'm gonna call him Trey. That's too many names. Call him Trey. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so but he now, so he's the one that has seven. He has seven girls. So the, Moses the Second had seven girls. Okay, seven boys. One was Moses McKissick the Third. Man, he was busy, Cheryl. Was Hey, <laughs> yes, they were busy. All by one woman. <laughs> oh, amazing woman. What was her name, Cheryl? Uh, 
Miriam McKissick. Okay, okay. We don't want to. We don't want to not shout out Miriam because that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. Um, so Moses the Third and Calvin incorporated McKissick and McKissick in 1905. Okay. Um, this was before architectural licensing law. So they were in business 15 years before they were required to get their architectural license. And if you can imagine two black men in the South going to get their license at City Hall in the 20s. Oh, man, I, I, I can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I can well, imagine. Hey, it's it's hard now. But they were denied over and over again until they found favor with a board member who said, "Well, you know, we should not deny them from taking the test because they're black. They're not going to pass anyway." Oh, <laughs> oh. Well, y'all showed them, right? <laughs> but of course, they passed on the first. That's time. right. Um, and eventually they received their license and from that point received architectural license in 22 other states. Wow. So, um, so Cheryl, I got to So uh, this is this is a, a, a this is a phenomenal story. And then yeah, some it's a history lesson. I know. And in it. But it, but it, and, and, and listeners, in case you just tuning in we're talking to cheryl mckissick and sheriff cheryl is the president of one of the oldest minority owned construction firms in the nation one of the most successful uh she's african-american and she's a she and she's just <laughs> telling us she's telling us uh, 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 just a i guess a summary of of how this came to be a company over a hundred years and now all of it's good part but the great part i want to get to uh cheryl is where you come in because the business was there and it and it's and to last a, over 100 years means that it's it's done great business but you have taken it to new heights you really have and you and your twin sister i mean obviously y'all i have twins and uh yeah. uh my twins can't run no business <laughs> they don't they, they don't get along well enough to run a business but not yet but but you and your i mean but you and your sister uh and you sort of leading the way you guys have really done some amazing 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 things what, what where are you now where are you now okay so um coming from nashville the only place i ever wanted to live and work in is in new york um so where am I now? I'm living my dream. I'm working in New York, <laughs> working on some of the most iconic projects in the city, um, from the World Trade Center to LaGuardia Airport, uh, Terminal 1 at JFK, which is the largest uh, construction project in the country at 7 to $8 billion. We're still trying to tackle those numbers. Wow. Um, to the Tappan Zee Bridge, which was $4 billion. Um, we oversee the MCA Capital Program, which is the transit system in New York, which is one of the oldest legacy transit systems in the country and the largest in the Eastern Hemisphere. Um, our new budget is $54.5 billion. Gee, wow. It's amazing. It's just amazing. <laughs> and, and Cheryl, so the other thing is, you know, your your name's not Cheryl. I mean, your name is Cheryl. It's not Bill. 
It's not Bob, Harry, or Nick. How? No. Tell me, tell me. I mean, when you show up, and I've seen pictures of you and hard hats and all these guys, you're pointing and they're taking direction from you. Just just being real here, because our listeners, they really look forward to us being real here. But what is it like for you as a female in a male-dominated industry? I mean, being on top of it. Well, it starts with what I think about myself and the value that I know I can bring to any conversation, the diverse thinking that I can bring innovation to any conversation. So, I mean, even now, I mean, most of the meetings I'm in are men. Most of the construction sites I'm on are men. Um, in New York, I think we might have a minimum of, a maximum of 5% women on construction sites. So um, I was taught at a very early age that I was just as good as a man um, from a man, and that was my father, as well as from my mother. Um, so I see myself as who I am, which is a strong black woman. I don't try to talk to people like I'm a man. I talk to people like I'm a woman. Hmm. But I okay. force people to hear what I have to say. Whether they want to hear it or Whether not. Whether they want to hear it or not. <laughs> I, you know, and we can yeah. only imagine, uh, you know, just sort of what that's like, you know. And, and and I suspect at a certain point, it really, that you really don't see it like that anymore because you're just sort of in it and you don't have to think every day, I'm a woman in this male field. I mean, you're a professional with the incredible experience and you built an amazing company and you saw I've watched you you sort of lead with that is that what you I mean is that how you would recommend other girls and women females in general who are in careers like construction architecture you know general contracting I know your 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 sister's an engineer I mean what I mean is that the advice you would give them Absolutely. I think that all women out there should know that the dynamics are changing. There have been recent studies by uh, there have been recent studies by McKinsey that show that companies that focus on diversifying with respect to women are 20 percent more profitable. Wow. But if they diversify with brown and black people and women, they're 35% more profitable. So individuals that don't understand that, they must not like profitability. <laughs> and I and I don't want to pass <laughs> over that, right? I feel sorry for them. I know. I listen. <laughs> and and again, listeners, this is Cheryl McKissick, the Cheryl McKissick, of uh, McKissick and McKissick, uh, one of the nation's top construction firms. Uh, and Cheryl, you just said a mouthful there that companies that utilize women are 20% more likely to be profitable and if they're using women black and brown people that they're 35% more likely to be profitable I think I, I, you said it better than I did but I think the listeners get the point if you don't know Cheryl McKissick just google her and you will you will be saying to yourself gosh I wish he had 30 more minutes to talk to her um, but Cheryl I know you're coming back to this community in, in, in April sometime so we're looking forward to seeing you then and we thank you for your attention on, on, on this region and this community and I hope 
when you're here, there's just so many young women out there and not just young women, but even young men who want to be successful business people and they just look forward to people like you just kind of touching them and putting some of that 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 special you know powder and dust that that you have the all the ingredients that have made you just a phenomenal woman and yes your family has a business that's been there a hundred years but you have ramped it up to the point of generational wealth for your family and for us as African Americans who, who who look up to you, you make us proud. So I just want to tell you that, and uh, and thank you uh, for being a part of this show today. All righty, well, Sean, I look forward to participating on this show again and seeing you soon in Tallahassee. All right, listen, Cheryl McKissick, y'all stay with us. We'll be right back with the Pittman Point right after this. It's time for Pittman's Point on ninety six one Jams. Welcome back to the Sean Pittman Show, and wow, 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 Cheryl McKissick. Kizik. What an incredible guest this morning, and we are exceedingly fortunate, y'all, to, to spend some time with her talking about her success, her family's history in the construction business, and how we engage more young women into opening business for themselves. Thank you, Cheryl, uh, not just for coming on the show, but for being who you are. Uh, your success is, uh, man, it's one for the storybook, so we appreciate you sharing it with us. Now it's time for the Pittman Point. All right, Florida, it's once again time for voting. After this week's election results uh, on Tuesday, many people were expecting Senator Bernie Sanders to possibly drop out of the presidential primary. But after his Wednesday press conference, (laughs) he has made it clear that you will see him again and he will see this thing through to the very end. And by the way, that he will be on stage with Vice President Joe Biden in contrast, uh, well, to contrast their ideas about how to move this country forward. That means, y'all, that the next big delegate prize is right here in the Sunshine State. Um, I know that we have discussed this over and over again on the show um, about the importance of voting Um, But y'all, I can't help but bring it back up uh, because it's that important. Being that the majority of our listeners are here in Florida, we have to keep reminding ourselves. Florida has been an electoral laughing stop for decades and our right to vote has been terribly fragile. But this election is too important to sit on the sidelines. And if you're sick of hearing about um, the political reasons, how about public health reasons? This week, coronavirus was declared by the World Health Organization to be a pandemic. That means that this has spread around the world beyond expectations, y'all. But unfortunately, for the United States of America, our current administration led by Donald Trump is going too slow. While he did finally have a a, a conference, a message to uh, the United States and the world from his Oval Office, he's only done two. This was one of them. But in the meantime, college courses will only be meeting online for the remainder of the semester or the quarter. Washington state has banned all events of crowds larger than 250 people. The NCAA basketball tournaments will now be held with only essential staff and limited family members in attendance. Cities and states across our country are declaring a state of emergency. Yet uh, Donald Trump kind of hopes that this will simply go away. 
while top worldwide health officials are urging us that this will get a whole lot worse before it gets better. Elections have consequences, y'all, including our very lives. So the Pitman point today is especially here in Florida, but all over the country this year. Take this election as seriously as we have to take this pandemic. Florida, do not be the butt of election jokes this year. Show the world that we can get this thing right because our lives are at stake. Show the world that you understand how important elections are and that you're going to uh, utilize that right that was given to you. Let's show up. And I, you know what? I can't tell you who to vote for. I'm not going to tell you that I don't care. But if you show up, you make me happy. This election will not simply go away. We hope they never do. This pandemic will not simply go away. And neither should you. This has been the Sean Pittman Show. We'll see you in seven. This is the Sean Pittman Show 